from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitin. Welcome to the 11 o'clock hour of the G and Ursula Show. Angela Poe Russell is Boy, in for Ursula. Time flies when you're having fun. I'm glad you have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. Hey, we got Paul. He's filling in for Chef. Thank you, Paul. Happy Appreciate to be here. you. And then, of course, we got my main man, Brady, filling in for Nick. Uh, coming up at 1130 on the show, we will be talking about something that ESPN has just taken a beating as far as terror. PR, the public relations, it's been really bad. And there's one thing that happened that I just cannot believe. So we're going to talk about that at 11.30. But right now it's time for Agree to Disagree, brought to you by Garden Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves, just really go at it. All right, let's start things off with a prolific graffiti artist named Eager has been sentenced to 80 hours cleaning up graffiti in Seattle. You might have seen Eager spray-painted on uh, honestly, God knows what at this point. Uh, Angela, let's start with you. Does the punishment fit the crime? Is graffiti vandalism or artistic expression? It's vandalism. And if you're one of the businesses who had that scrawled on your wall, on your door, it does not help your business. It hurts your business. It costs you money and time. It impacts your bottom line. And so in this case, I'm glad that he'll have to have 80 hours. I just think in general, we've allowed it for too long because, well, they're doing something artistic or for whatever the reason, but it's like, it just continues to go on. And um, I think it's, I told G earlier, I said, it's like someone, like, I love your art, but if you just come to my house and start just doing stuff on the walls without me consenting as to where it goes, when it, what it's going to look like, I have a problem with that. So I think we're too light in general. We're way too light. On folks out there. I mean, just think about this for a second. Just think that we have now turned it into and we're now trying to make argument about, well, that graffiti, uh, don't always call it tagging. This is a way of them of expression to show their art. And I think, Angela, you answered it best right there. You can love art and you can love a person's art. And that same person can come to your house and all of a sudden they're in your house. They're talking about their art and all of a sudden they whip out some spray paint and they start just uh, drawing on your wall without your permission or anything. So unless you have permission by a business, by the city to do something, if you don't and you do it, then there should be a very, very stiff punishment. Now, I know this sounds crazy and you ain't heard it from me. But if there is a really stiff punishment for doing those things, I think we'll have less of it. What would a stiff punishment look like? In this case, the tagger got, he has to spend 80 hours cleaning up graffiti. Yeah. It just sounds like something you would give your kid, right? Six months, and it's like, six it, months it, to when, a year in jail. Okay. Yeah. Six months to a year in jail. What is, what is eight, 80 hours? What is that? I mean, to get to the point where you get, first of all, to even get caught, is one thing. And what is it going to take for you to get the 80 hours? Was this a first offense? Was no, this it wasn't. two times? Was this five times? Was this 85 times? No. First offense. You get out there, you want to start drawing on people's stuff, and you're over the eight, age of 18 and you know better? Six to eight, six months to a year in jail. 
Over a fine? Would you, what would you think? It would over the fine. Yeah. Over the fine. It, man, you put that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. That jail time. Would you Would you rather spend six months in jail or pay a $25,000 fine? Uh, I, I guess I, if this is my situation right now, I'd probably have to take the jail time. because. But could, if you had the money, what would you do? I'd pay, I'd pay the fine. I would pay the fine, too. And even if I didn't have the money, I would wink, wink, pay the fine. All right, next one. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to, uh, I'm going to have to cut off my music bed here, maybe a little bit quicker than usual, because at Pete Carroll's farewell press conference, there was a surprising hawk that made a reappearance, a former hawk, I should say. I'm going to play this clip here from uh, Pete Carroll's uh, interview with Mike Salk here. Yesterday, I just I said, Mo Kelly, said, Mo, let's see if we get the, get the band together, you know? And so we just put the word out, and guys just started showing up out of nowhere, you know? And, and uh, we had a, a great evening, uh, and we're having a blast. Um, I'm in heaven, just in the middle of all the guys, and just, you know, having fun hugging it up. And, and uh, out of nowhere, the door was up, and Mo knew what was going on. He knew something was up, and, and here in walks Russell and Charlie. You know, and out of nowhere, Russell just hit, hits the scene. They flew up from uh, San Diego or something like that and uh, surprised us, which just made it really fun. Um, it, it was great to see all those guys. Great to see Russ. Just He, he had a blast with it and he knew he was surprising us you know so he was, he was top of the walk and the whole thing which was great gee did you roll your eyes at the return of russ or did you find it heartwarming that uh p carroll had those things to say i was rolling my eyes just now i was rolling my eyes then i'm rolling my eyes right now because i feel like it was a moment that was used to let me go ahead and post this picture so everybody can see it and then all the fans will be like oh okay by the way let me just say this Brilliant, brilliant move that was played right there. It what it did was it prevented the A Rod uh, treatment that I thought that was going to happen for him from here on out. And he used that move, and he, I mean, he posted that picture so fast. I don't even think he was out of the parking lot of where Legion is, right across from the Westin in Bellevue. He wasn't even to the airport by the time that picture was posted. And when they posted the picture, can I? Can I ask you guys something? When you guys have family get-togethers, or if you're getting ready to take a picture at the restaurant, think about this. You're sitting at the table. You got family. You ask the server nicely, hey, can you take the picture of our family? Mm-hmm. How many of you don't care that there's three to four wine glasses, empty wine glasses that's in the picture? Would you move those? Would you move the wine glasses? I would say if I'm at a dinner and there are wine, I, I usually try to be mindful of alcohol being in the shot. If there are other people with me, I try to be mindful of that. Yes. And if I'm at a, a nice restaurant and there are wine glasses there, I may, I may, if I can, I don't take great pains. But if I'm at a party, it's a bigger situation. I'm really careful about it. It's a bunch of former athletes, current athletes in the picture with five to six empty wine glasses. Nobody thought to crop that? Nobody thought that that's not a good picture to maybe post? Because I can tell you this, I have a bunch of pictures on my phone that I've said, ooh, that's not a good picture to post because of that right there. But that's just me. What are your thoughts on that, Angela? Uh, my thought is, can Russell ever do anything right with you? Is he <laughs> redeemable with you? I mean, because here's the thing. When I saw the photo, I didn't notice wine glasses. I just noticed that the band was back together again, that maybe, you know, all is not lost. And I saw a lot of other people on Twitter 
feel the same way. They were like, this feels healing. This warms my heart. This felt good. Genius. Genius move. But you th- Genius move. <laughs> it couldn't have just been that, you know what? Pete gave me a chance. Pete gave me, it gave him a chance. I, they won a Super Bowl together. I don't disagree. They had, many, they had the winningest, you know, run. I believe that. I believe that that was the opportunity uh, for that, right? I think that that was uh, a good opportunity. I do believe that he loves Pete. I believe that Pete loves him. I believe all those things can be true. And I also believe and feel in my heart when PR moves are made, and I felt that way. I'm not backing down off that opinion. I don't care that this is just a radio show and maybe I shouldn't say these things and people are going to hear what I say. I ain't never been scared to give my opinion on something. I'm not going to be scared. Nah, I feel so, it's a PR move. I so say if what Russell I said. were in here, you wouldn't have a problem. Oh, he knows I wouldn't have a problem. Go ahead, <laughs> Paul. What do you got on this topic? Uh, I, 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 you know, the, the, the wine glasses is something I haven't really thought about, but did you I, notice him? Did you notice him on the picture? No, I didn't. That's not something I've ever really thought about. I guess I grew up maybe I I don't have a, as much of an issue with 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 that being a part of it, but I think I got to lean with G here just after going through the Broncos experience and everything leaning up. He got here quick. He got here really quick and no one I mean and but I will give it to. Him. I think it is at this. This could be a moment where things could, where you could start to heal, where things can start to get better. I thought it was really cool that Richard Sherman came out and talked, said that they were that they were talking, and it, he was bummed that it took Pete Carroll getting, uh, you know, moving on or whatever we're calling could, the term. I could go deeper into this story, but I'll just is stay, it possible? I'll, I'll just I'll just stay right here on the surface. But go ahead. Is it possible? Is it what? possible huh? that let's say if we go with your premise that that Russell is a PR whiz and this was another opportunity. Okay. Is it possible that after what he's been through in Denver that he's humbled a little bit and maybe yes. realizes what things matter and yes. who matters? Oh, I believe that. Absolutely. I, I, no, I do think that. Do, do I think that there was a time that, like, for, first of all, does it, forget about the money, right? Because one of the things that I tried to tell and remind folks of it because people just think that, oh, well, that person makes a lot of money, so they don't have any problems. It's actually quite the opposite. Sometimes the folks with the most money have more problems than someone who has no money. The problem with someone that has no money, they just can't pay their bills. Outside of that, they probably have self-worth. They probably have friends. They probably have love. All those different things. I believe that when Russell got over there to Denver, he found out real quick, like, whoa, it's not as good. The grass isn't always as green on the other side. Actually, Seattle is a really good place to be. And I think Seattle is just that type of place. People talk about how many friends and people do you know that says, oh, I can't stand in here. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And they move and they come right back. Seattle is just a place. And I know people are saying like, oh, gee, you're jealous. <laughs> I just, I love my life. I, I absolutely, literally love my life. All right, next one, Paul. So this one was kind of surprising to me because I disagreed with it, then I agreed with it, but I got to go back to disagreeing with it. The New York Times is calling January secretly the best month of the year. Why? Well, it's because there's no parties, there's no holidays, and there's not as much going on. People can just chill. G, oh. are you are you buying into January being the best month? Because I, I, I'm not. Personally. It's the best month of the year. It's the best month of the year because it is finally the time. There are new movies coming out. 
There are new TV shows coming out. There's relaxation. There's really no get togethers and things like that. There's, in my world, in the philanthropy world, there's not a lot of uh, live auctions for me to do. So I'm not auctioneering like crazy in January. Also, a lot of us, I don't know how you guys are doing on your journey. Maybe you decided to lose a little bit of weight. I'm still on my no bread, no sugar. I'm at day, what's the day? 12? And you're still standing. You're still pleasant. Still standing. I don't know how this no bread, no sugar is going to be come May 12th. I don't know where I'm going to be. But as of right now, guns are blazing. Probably not a good term to use. But as of now, I am doing a good job. I love January, Angela. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I never thought about the possibility of January being a favorite month Mm -hmm. because living here, July and August have become my front runners in that arena. But then when I sat and thought about it, like you, Paul, I was like, wait a minute. This is the month when my calendar is clear. Like it is pretty much clear in May, March, all these. I mean, you just fill up with things. January is very similar to, I think, August around here when people tend to dial it back and not have all the parties and the, you know, you're you're just done with parties by then. Right. So I I'm I'm loving it. January is a new favorite. I got to disagree here. I, I, I think that I, I get those points, especially y'all's world where it's much busier than 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 mine probably is. But, man, I, I got to tell you, cold mixed with dark all the time, mixed with uh, all this stuff. I, it, it's a it's a hard pass for me. I, I definitely see the value. I, I, I like things slowing down and going a little bit easier. But, man. Out here has spoiled me. I live for the sun is up until 9.30. I can walk the dog at 2 in the afternoon or I could walk her at 7 and it's still going to be sunny and beautiful. I I, I am so much more a, a, a summer fan than I am a winter fan. Speaking, But I just want to say 2024 as far as the sports world has been really, I could say, oh, wait, shout out to the Seattle Kraken. They have been doing very well. But so far, other than that, we all know the University of Washington, they lost in the national championship game. And we, of course, know that Pete Carroll is no longer the coach after 14 seasons. But as of the latest report right now, they're saying Washington's Kalen DeBoer uh, right now at this time is negotiating a contract to replace Alabama's Nick Saban, sources have told ESPN on Friday. That was uh, a few minutes ago. So, again, it's not confirmed that he has a job. It's not confirmed. But it does say he is negotiating a contract to replace Alabama's Nick Saban. So there's no telling. Contract oh, negotiations gee. can fail to go through. Sometimes it might not happen. Maybe sometimes, maybe they said, okay, we gee. want $100 million. No, you guys uh, want to offer me $95 million. And, and, you know, who knows? But, gee, okay, huh? I'm, I'm struggling with this, and I'm a new kind of UW football follower, okay? Okay. But why... Like, why not stay? Like, if, if we were to offer him similar money, like, why not stay here? Build your own dynasty as opposed to going into someone else's. Well, I want to answer that in a way that I don't want to be. First, let me say this. I'm not going anywhere. I love the Pacific Northwest. I specifically love the state of Washington. So before I say what I'm going to say, I want to be very clear. This state has been very You're good to me. You're about to diss us. <laughs> it's, been, it's been very good to me. I'm not going anywhere. Love this place. But when you're talking about college football, right, this place is not college football the way it is down in Alabama, right? 
It's not like, oh, we can build something here. It's already built there. It's already ready to go. The house is already furnished. The NIL, the recruiting, the house everything is, is already furnished. All you have to do is just walk in. You don't have to do any decorating. You don't have to do anything. This Kalen DeBoer came here to a team that was, mm, it was okay. This room still needed to get painted. But he came in here and he made it a wonderful house and he did so much for the University of Washington. So while I know it's going to be a sad thing possibly if Kalen DeBoer leaves here, I think he also should be celebrated because what he did was absolutely incredible. So how do we keep a consistent winning team? Are we just going to be the place where talented coaches come, be great for a year or two, and then get picked up? Things change. Um, who knows? I think that we're talking about college football in a different light now. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, is um, before it used to be about legacy, before it used to be about tradition. Now it's just flat out about money, y'all, in college football. So does the University of Washington here have the ability to to support the in, the NIL part, the money that other places do? Of course. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of money here. The question is, is will they do it? Someone just texted and says, I said, I have inside info um, that he's on the fence. It's the money. So, but you're like, I'm not buying it. But I can, listen, this, this area does have a way of luring you in. I think, I think <laughs> at some point the Sonics are going to come back. I mean, like, you, you got, <laughs> here in this, who's the team though? Like, are there, when you wake up on a Saturday morning and go to the store, is everyone in the grocery store wearing UW apparel? When you go to Tuscaloosa and you go to the store, everybody is wearing University of Alabama. But maybe, Roll Tide. maybe Coach DeBoer doesn't want to be a celebrity. Maybe he wants the... Hey, no. hey, Can what? you all tell I'm struggling with this? Like I'm, I'm like, don't go. Like hey. you, this was the start of something good. We're yeah. just getting going. There you go. And you're like, Angela, this is reality. Yeah, it is kind of reality. Uh, I'm gonna let Paul explain the debacle that is going on with ESPN and the news coming out of there over the last 12 days. Paul. Are you ready to do this? I am ready. Well, I guess the, the first question I have is, which one do you want to talk about for ESPN? <laughs> uh, how about you start with the most recent one last? You got and it. St- all right. We'll do all that next. Gina Slim. the G and Ursula show. Angela Poe Russell is in for Ursula. Ursula will be back on Tuesday of next week. Before we get to Paul and him explaining some of the just debacle that's been happening at ESPN, so far, currently, what's going on with UW's head coach, Kalen DeBoer? As of uh, 12 minutes ago, it has been reported that Washington coach by ESPN, Washington coach Kalen DeBoer, is negotiating a contract to replace Nick Saban at Alabama, the sources told at uh, Chloe ESPN and Mark Schleyback. I want to weigh in on something, and I want to talk about the part where, as we woke up this morning, we found out that there was a list, and uh, Mike Norville 
head coach for Florida State, was on that list. Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney was on that list. Kalen DeBoer uh, was on that list. Here's an opinion of mine. It's never a, it wasn't a list. Kalen DeBoer was the guy right away. I believe that before Kalen DeBoer got on that plane, he was the top priority for the University of Alabama. They see in him what everybody here in the state of Washington and Husky fans see all along. They see that that man is special. No. Did any of us foresee Nick Saban stepping down? No, I didn't see it. Experts didn't see it. There was no hint of it. But this is why sometimes in employee, and by the way, this happens also in corporate America too. When corporate America pretends like there's a list of candidates, when they know that they have their person, their guy or their gal, who they're going to hire. They know who they're going to hire. They're just going through the formality. They're just going through the steps to make everybody feel better. But my last thing to say about this, and I'm being very serious when I say this, you know, you knew, everybody knew that Kalen DeBoer was special, especially after the second time they beat Oregon. Give that man the contract before. Don't even get to this point right here. Don't even get to the point where you're trying to even negotiate because then there's a possibility that if Nick Saban happens and he retires, it doesn't matter because Nick has, excuse me, Kalen DeBoer has already signed that he will be the coach here for the University of Washington. I'm not saying I know anything about that, but I do know that there are certain times Angela, you've been in understanding contract negotiations. Sometimes that there are ways that companies can say, oh, you're going nowhere. We want you. Yes. And, and now in UW's defense, and this has actually happened to me where I've had companies come to me saying, we want you to stay. We like you to sign the contract. And I've said, you know, I'm not ready. You know, I've said, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm considering my options or thinking about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So what we don't know is... Did UW come to him and have that conversation, or did was it a matter of where is he going to go? But you know can, what I mean? But, can I, but, but I'll, for your personal experience, when the company did come to you and say, hey, we'd like you to stay, we would like you to sign the contract, if it would have been a number. Yes, that part. <laughs> That part. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Have something compelling to offer. I mean, you know, I mean, you have you have one <laughs> of those. Nailed it. You, nailed you it. have one of those contract offers where you go home to your wife or your husband and you're like, hey, honey, um, they said this. And your spouse says, and you're back home without signing it. You <laughs> better get back out there and go sign that contract. Right. You know and, what? That's fair. And, that is a great point. And one last thing for the list. You think Dabo Sweeney ain't excited to be a part of that list? Mike Norville isn't excited to be a part of that list? What did that do for them? It helped them look at their current employer and like, hey, uh, you see Alabama wants me, right? Mike Norville, he just signed. You just said it. An eight-year deal over $10 million a year because he was a part of the list. Hey, being a part of that list is also good negotiation tactics, and Wake makes for better uh, uh, leverage. All of us are so sad, and you don't seem sad. I don't really care. Why? Huh? Why would why would I care? Okay, you know what? We better change because now. So my three six zero says, "G, I know you aspire to be a sports reporter, but let's move on to something a little higher up the intelligence scale." What What do you say? 
What? That's a dig. Come on. The intelligence. I, I think. It's one of the biggest stories that's happening in our in our I mean, region. I mean, first of all, me wanting to be a sports cast, uh, a sports reporter. No. And to not talk about this topic has this is the biggest topic that everybody's talking about. But anyway, let's get to it. What do you got, brother? So, uh, well, we're, we are going to keep it in the world of sports, but this is from uh, CNN and The Athletic. Uh, ESPN has returned dozens of Emmy statues and has disciplined employees after an investigation disclosed Thursday found that ESPN submitted fake names to the awards uh, organization responsible for the Emmys in, in, in an effort to get uh, their on-air personalities the trophies. But here's the, here's the deal. Those personalities not eligible to receive these Emmys. Uh, that Basically, how it, this is from the, the what The Athletic said. Over the years when ESPN was given the Emmy Awards, they would use f- uh, fictitious names. They would submit fictitious names to win the Emmys. And then the broadcaster would have them re-engraved and given to the on-air personalities that uh, were ineligible to receive them. They've apologized. They said, it was, you know, the, the current state of affairs, that, that's not what they do anymore. They don't want to see us. But uh, this is just one story mixed in with uh, the, the backdrop of uh, you had your Stephen A. Smith come out to, and, 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 and do his, his big uh, spiel on Jason Whitlock this week. You had the Pat McAfee controversy with Aaron Rodgers, and he's not on the show, but then he's back on the show. It has been an eye-opening week at ESPN because with all of these changes that ESPN has seen and the, this this controversy over the Emmys, the reputation of ESPN is just – there's just some question marks there for as someone that grew up watching and following these people. It's been, it's been tough to see this week. Angela? I'm just thinking – it it means that much to you that you would scheme so that your on-air talent could have an award and be able to say, I'm an Emmy award winning. It, it just, I'm, I'm just contemplating what this means about, and it is great. I mean, I have a uh, Northwest Emmy. I think you have a, do you have, don't you have a Gracie? I ain't got nothing. Yes, you do. I saw oh, you at the yeah. G and Ursula show got yeah. a Gracie. That's oh, a yeah. big deal. Okay. And yeah. it's nice to be able to say that, but you work for those, mm-hmm. you know, you work really hard for those. Mm-hmm. And so it, yeah, it bothers me that they did that. You know, I haven't been following the other controversies there. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm not, I, I just, it's people want to be able to put on social that they have certain things, I guess. Y'all just leave it up to me to say the unpopular things, huh? Uh Oh yeah, I guess. Well, so. yeah, that's my job. Most awards are cooked anyway. Yeah. Most awards are rigged. Most awards, whether it's at your company whether it is at this place, you're just a committee. Who should get the award this year? Oh, no, let's give it to this person because they make a lot of money for our organization. Let's let this philanthropic, this uh, this not this nonprofit, let's make sure we give this person a trophy because you know what? They donated a lot of money. So let's make sure we honor them in front of everyone. I'm going to say this. I think that most awards are rigged anyways. I think it's 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 a sign that we should stop. I, I think it's a sign that we don't maybe we don't need to care as much about Emmys and awards and things. But I think you're on something there, your, G. Your, your thoughts on awards? You gonna you gonna, you gonna let I me? I don't just... know that all of them are rigged. I mean, I've been I... I've been ju- well. Okay, you didn't say all. I mean, I've been judges for those for those things, and I I can honestly say I judged on the merit of each entry. Have you ever seen any awards just given to somebody? They just kind of cooked it like somebody deserved it. You know, we the ones I've judged, we we judge alone. Um, I've heard people judge in groups, but I've never judged in a group. So I haven't. <laughs> I'm sure stuff happens. I always, you know, I guess I'm just a little naive that I get shocked when I hear these stories. 
stories. Mm-hmm. And there are other people that are like, Angela, of do course. You really? like I do. Well, I know. It, it, the do thing you? with this one, it's, it wasn't one or two. This was over 30 <laughs> Emmys that they had to return. They were do, they they had traced this back to, back to 1997 <laughs> that yeah. they were doing this. They had a practice in place. This yeah. was what yeah. we do. I, I'll admit, be, doing news for a living every single day, and, and I've done I just have become cynical. I know. See, we can never be cynical. Uh, skeptical. Yeah. You know, yeah. we wonder. But cynical, I still think you're a hopeful person. Kind of. I hope that I can last All right, let's this long save on my G, diet. everybody. On my diet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate you. Coming up next, your text messages, feedback, and then we'll have words to live by. It's Gene Ursula with Angela Poe Russell. Fresh Fridays, everybody. It's time to get to these text messages. One of my favorite things to do on the show. Are you canceling plans? Paul in the 253 says, G, you get old quick. Not going to the show. Always go to the show. This is in regards to me wishing that the Drew Hill concert at the Emerald Queen Casino was canceled. It's not going to be, and I'm sad. Uh, Okay, we had a question about... um or a discussion, I should say, about people suing. Are we too litigious from the 206? I agree with G. People look for any reason to sue. Susan in the 425 says, G, those folks went to the doctors and then lawyers. This one is legit. Ty and Milton. Good morning, Angela. It's Ty. You're absolutely right. On top of all that, if that plane had been at a higher altitude, they would have died. They need to be held accountable. Alaska, too. Was it at a higher altitude? It was 16,000. I'm sorry. No, it was already, I think, at 16,000 feet. So no, maybe if it had been higher. No, but know. they said if it would have been. But was it? But that possibility can be so, jarring. So, so a lawsuit on a possibility? You're not a lawyer. Not today. (laughs) UW coach leaving. Brian from Arlington says, is $100 really worth it? (laughs) Love that question. (laughs) Rachel says, if KD leaves, it would be so fun if Pete took that UW spot. I like that idea, too. Richard says, this is so sad. People supposedly running an educational institution running around in a panic about a football coach. And a lot of people feel that way. Pops (laughs) from Pops, you're assuming UW didn't try to sign him up. Maybe he knew all along he was stepping out. Mm. Mm. How did you get to Seattle, Angela? Ernie and Ken says, Angela was a number one draft pick. I'm not surprised. Oh, that's sweet. From the 206, my experience is that people on the East Coast are very outspoken and critical. They all want to tell you their opinion. West Coast, more laid back, maybe a bit passive. Bettina in uh, Botho says, this is so interesting on many levels. I love hearing people's stories of how they have navigated through life, what they've learned and experienced, etc. Thank you, Angela, for sharing with us. Of course. All right. On this uh, former inmate being paid for an injury for um, not being properly treated. Mm-hmm. Jesus, my thought, $250,000. That's it. Mm, the GOP in 2024, 425 says you can't even vote as a convicted felon. How can you be president if you can't even vote? All right, 206 says, hey, G, when was the last time Washington had a Republican governor? Do you think Donald Trump's going to affect that? The answer to the question, I think that it would be closer without Donald Trump being there. I think that this state really is looking for a little bit more of a moderate approach to these topics. So, yes, while I believe... Okay, I'm going to say... No, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say... I actually think a Republican governor in a station state of Washington would actually be a good thing to kind of level things out. 
I don't think that anybody running for governor that is a supporter of Donald Trump is a good idea. There's that. All right. Let's get to Words to Live By. Oh, are we already there? Yeah, Words to Live By, brought to you by Wilcox Farms. Okay. Let's see. I have to, I had my quote up here. Okay. So this is from Amanda Gorman, the National Youth Poet Laureate. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light if only we are brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Mm. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just want to take this time to just say, you know, Angela Poe Russell, as you guys know, she is was a TV personality and anchor and all that kind of stuff, known all over the United States of America. But more importantly, she gets to come in here and fill in when one of us is gone. And Angela, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Not only are you really good at what you do, you're one of the best people just to know. You're a good person. And I think that is the reason why you do this job so well. One thing I've learned about listeners, like sometimes, and it took me a while, but one thing I know about listeners, you can't fool them. They, they They can disagree with you. They can agree with you. They can be this or that. They know when you're authentic. Right. And I think you do a, I mean, a really good job of just being you on airwaves. And it's a pleasure to do this show with you. Oh, that is it. I'm getting a little emotional. That's so sweet. Thank you, G. It's been so much fun being here. I've enjoyed connecting with everyone via text. I mean, having Ursula out, um, huge shoes to fill. I mean, whenever I fill in, I'm always in awe of what you all do every day, you know, for three hours. And, you know, I I joke that I get to the end of the week and I'm like about to pass out because it is a lot, Um, but very rewarding. So thank you for making space for me, for being so generous as a co-host. No doubt. And it's just easy breezy, y'all. That's all I can say with with G. (laughs) So, hey, look, most of the time. (laughs) Get that in. Brother Paul, thanks, man. Happy to be here. I just want to echo that here from Beth in Tacoma. Huge shout out to all the fabulous individuals who have co-hosted in Ursula's absence. Good stepping up. So shout outs to all. There it is. Brother Brady, always good to have you here with us, man. It's always a pleasure to work the show. I'm always happy to get the opportunity. All right. Hey, just so you guys know, here's a plan for next week. Dr. King's birthday is being celebrated on Monday. I'm working. One of the biggest reasons why I want to work is because January 15th is the day that it will mark 25 years that I've lived here, right? Mm. And I can't wait to, on Monday, tell you a specific story that happened to me on the first day. And the reason why I know it was January 15th, because I made it a combination on my little briefcase at the time. I'll tell that story on Monday. And now I want to know. I'm going to listen. Ursula's going to be here on Tuesday, and we're going to rock the week. The Jack and Spike Show comes up next. We appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind. Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody.